welcome to Ramanistan Podcast. Hey, it's Paulina. And Jess. Your friendly neighborhood gypsies. Welcome to Ramanistan Podcast, friendly neighborhood gypsies, you know, all that jazz. We wanted to acknowledge and honor Romani Resistance Day, May 16th, a holiday that allows us to honor not only those who were lost, but those who fought and some of the victims of the Romani and Sinti genocide of World War II who survived. Far too often, Roma and Sinti are excluded entirely from Holocaust narratives, a direct repercussion of ongoing anti-Gypsyism. Between half a million to a million Roma and Sinti, though maybe more, were murdered in the Holocaust. That took out about half of the Romani and Sinti population of Europe, and it barely appears in the history books, in the media, in the news, or even Holocaust remembrances. So do us a favor, if you're an educator, or just someone who likes to tell people things, teach this often neglected, but deeply important part of history. So I'm going to read some pieces from an article written by Pierre Chopinard titled, The Forgotten Voices of Romani Resistance. On the evening of May 16, 1944, in the Auschwitz-Birkenau concentration camp, SS guards armed with machine guns surrounded the area of the camp designated for Roma and Sinti prisoners. Their intent was to round up nearly 6,000 prisoners there and send them to the gas chambers. But when the guards approached the area, they were met with armed resistance from the inmates. The prisoners had learned of the planned liquidation and fashioned weapons from sheet metal, wood, pipes, rocks, and any other scraps of material they could get their hands on. According to the memories of survivors and witnesses to the incident, the inmates forced the guards into retreat. And though some prisoners were shot that night, the active resistance allowed the Roma and Sinti prisoners to put off execution for several more months. The Romani Resistance Day represents a change in the way Romani culture and identity appear in public space. This change comes from an understanding of this space as a political one, where a history of resistance replaces a history of oppression. For too long, Roma people have been misrepresented by stereotypes. The beggar, the sex worker, the compassionate victim, the folklore artist. And those stereotypes overshadow the nuances of Romani culture and identity, which have to be the result of political struggle. Romani cultural creation aims to challenge mainstream culture, identity, and representation. This is such a deeply powerful story. When I first read about it, man, I don't even remember where I first read about it, but I was so full of passion just thinking about those prisoners gathering up everything they could, like pieces of fences and just fucking attacking. And so often we hear of, you know, all different types of groups who were persecuted in the Holocaust, 
as being victims of prisoners and they were, but they were also fighters and it wasn't possible to always fight, but sometimes it was and it happened. And it's just, it like, it gives me chills to think about it. Yes. And the fact that like Romani people were the only other targeted group um, beside Jewish people, basically you barely hear about it. I think nobody really knows that they were the only other group that, you know, needed to be completely exterminated in the eyes of the Nazis. Yeah. And it gets so complicated talking about the groups because it's like, that was the only other ethnic group that was specifically targeted. But then we know that like people of African descent were also sent away into the camps and Slavs and the communists and Catholics and disabled folks and LGBTQ folks. And all of those stories need to be told as well. And they're often not told enough, but considering the amount of Roma who were murdered and the way that they were targeted as the other ethnic group, it's outrageous that these stories aren't told. Yeah. It's also interesting that I didn't even know about this until I was older and I actually learned about it in school. I mean, my grandmother would tell me stories, you know, but I didn't know to the extent of how many Romani people were actually involved in the Holocaust. I just thought like maybe it was, you know, my family. (laughs) I know what you mean. As a kid, I didn't know any of this either. And my grandma was just sort of like, yeah, I mean, we had to hide our ethnicity. We got false papers, all these different things. And, but I didn't, I did not understand the magnitude of the decimation of the population at all. Where did you learn it in school? Was it a history course in college or something? Um, It was, it was, I mean, I think so. I think it was actually an English class. Um, And then I, yeah, it was really weird. And then recently I've been studying in a psychology class, like the, basically the psychology behind the Nazis um, and just Mm -hmm. the in order for these people to do these horrific acts, they had to view other people, not as people, but as rats, you know, they Mm -hmm. view them as, you know, not human. And so it just kind of, it's pretty shitty. That makes me happy that you learned about it in school. Did they use the terms Roma and Cynthia? Did they say gypsies? Because whenever I do hear about it, which is so infrequently, it's always like, and gypsies, which isn't ideal. You know, gosh, I'm actually trying to find a book I was reading. Um, I think her name is Olga Langill, I believe. She what is was a, the name? Her, it was, I don't remember the name of the book. I think it was called The Five Chimneys, actually. Hmm. Her name, the author is Olga Langill. I might be saying mm-hmm. wrong. Um, but she had mentioned gypsies i believe multiple Mm -hmm. times just kind of talking about how they like entertained and she made friends with some of them in the camps Mm -hmm. and so when the history books are kind of writing about it they do kind of reference the older history books will say gypsy but then Mm -hmm. some of them will say romani people depending on new articles so it's kind of like a weird back and forth thing yeah, usually when and when I was in college, I was the one who, when the Holocaust came up, I was like, ah, 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 and Roma and Cindy, because <laughs> I just like couldn't let it go, um, which, you know, it's good that I couldn't let it go. But um, 
And yeah. And usually my professors were like, oh, tell me more. And they were happy that I told them. And so if y'all are ever in a situation where people are talking about the Holocaust and you want to mention that <laughs> there are other groups, not just Roma and Cindy, but you can talk about the other groups too. They need more visibility. Usually people really appreciate learning something about it. And one of my favorite resources is the book Johann Tormann and the Romani Resistance to the Nazis by Jude Nirenberg. And it details the incredible Romani resistance fighters, including Trollman, the famous Sinto boxer, who you should definitely read about. His story is really long and incredible. And I won't share it here because uh, the book is actually free as an ebook on Amazon. So you can check it out like right now <laughs> for free. I mean, you can also buy the book and I did and it's amazing. Uh, but I'm going to share the story of one of my favorite resistance fighters that I learned about in Nuremberg's book, Alfreda Markowska. Alfreda was born in Poland, now Ukraine, in a caravan to a traveling Romani family. She was arrested by the Germans in Lviv in 1939, while her entire family and clan were massacred outside of the Biala Podlaska in 1941. This was really common that Roma and Sinti often wouldn't even make it to the camps. They were massacred in the woods or in their camps or wherever they stood. But lots of Roma and Sinti also ended up in camps. Yeah. So Alfreda was orphaned at 15 and she went into the woods to look for her family's mass grave and for other survivors. And as she was living in the woods, you know, surviving the best she can, she met a boy her own age who was also orphaned and they married and they started tailing Nazis together, which is just, I mean, can you imagine the courage? <laughs> just, yeah. Um, and so they followed the pogroms and massacres, rescuing Jewish and Romani children wherever they could. Though Alfreda and her husband were arrested numerous times, they kept escaping over and over again and rescuing children. And she brought 50 Jewish and Romani children back to their home and helped them hide, obtain false papers, and stay away from the Germans until the end of the war. And I'm just blown away by the power and courage and tenacity of these kids who are just creating this, this band of surviving children. Oh, yeah. Like, it really makes me, like, sick to my stomach thinking about the fear um, that they must have been, you know, going through and, like, the adrenaline um, that mm -hmm. was going through their bodies, um, but also these kids. And I know this may not even be the right time to say it, but as you're mentioning this story, I can't help but think about what is going on right now in Palestine, <sighs> like, with oh my all God. these kids. Yeah. And people like that are suffering, like seriously, people, there is no reason for this racism and, you know, colonization and terrorism. Like it's absolutely horrible and it's happening today. Like it's happening now. So we need more people like this. You're absolutely right. What's happening in Palestine is horrendous. It's, you know, ethnic cleansing and it makes me really heartbroken. And I also, you know, we support our our Muslim Romani Sinti, you know, siblings and our Jewish Romani Sinti siblings and our allies of all different religions, like expressing a wish to free Palestine should not be conflated with anti-Semitism. That just silences the 
you know, the activism that needs to happen. So I wanted to make that clear as well. Yeah, I mean, and a huge part of this is like, you know, we can do more than educate folks to make a difference, although educating folks is a big deal. And if you, you know, heard the story of the resistance and you're feeling inspired, we could really use your help to get Dr. Ethel Brooks reappointed to the United States Holocaust Council. And unfortunately, although the council includes dozens of people, only twice in history has a Romani person been allowed to serve, which is really not great. We need representation or nothing will change. Not only will our history be ignored, but ongoing hate crimes against Roma will continue unchecked. We need to put pressure on our elected representatives to elect Brooks, who really is the ideal candidate for this appointment. And for your convenience, we have a template letter that we will link to in our show notes. So you can send that baby off to your representatives and make a difference. Let's get Ethel Brooks where we need her. Yay. <laughs> Yay, Ethel Brooks. <laughs> She's yes. amazing. You should also listen to her um, interview on the Romatopia podcast. It's really, really good. So do that. <laughs> yes. And we appreciate all you listeners. Mm. Dikna Bister. Look, don't forget. <laughs> <laughs> And I just wanted to throw in really quick, um, mm-hmm. like literally every person could make a difference. Like everybody could make a difference for what's happening in the world right now. You know, you guys can donate, you guys can protest. There's just so many things. And I think more than ever, everybody is just coming together and realizing that the people really can, um, you know, make change. So, yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. We have a lot of power. And if you want to write in and share some of your stories, you know, we're looking to share listener stories about experiences with racism. They might be sad stories or there might be times when you really got to stand up for yourself and you want to share that. Um, They might be, you know, Holocaust stories from your family. They could be things about your culture that you love and you want to share with our listeners who are a mix of Roma Sinti folks and allies. So we would love to hear you. You can write us at romanistanpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you. Thank you all. We love you. Yes. Thank you for listening, guys. Bye. Romanistan is hosted by Jessica Rady and Paulina Verminski, conceived of by Paulina Verminski, edited by Carlu Petrao, produced by Melissa Moriarty, with music by Victor Pachas, and artwork by Elijah Vardo. 